hard to wreck a place as beautiful as San Francisco, but they have effectively done it. The reality of that city, we discovered when we spent time there, is even worse than you may have heard. Civilization itself is coming apart in San Francisco, right there in broad daylight, on the city's sidewalks, which are littered with junkies and feces and dirty needles. The jewel of our Pacific coast is now filthier and more chaotic than downtown Mumbai, India, literally. How did that happen? We need to know. Well, Tucker mm. Carlson's looking that at that every day this week in a special series on San Francisco and what happened to it over the years. Mm, that's great. Now, he was a cause celeb two days ago when he harshly questioned the blowing up of the Iranian general. The mainstream media loved Tucker Carlson for a cup of coffee. I'm sure with this story, they're back to saying he's a right-wing lunatic. I'm not meaning to bring that up about Fox. This is something the other channels I wish they would get in on. And I'll admit, I don't watch them. as well, MSNBC, I take several shows in. I never watch CNN. It just never even occurs to me. Well, it's crappy. But but Fox has regularly had either a show or multiple shows that completely go against the whole Hannity view of things. Yeah. Um, whether mm-hmm. it was uh, Shepard Smith or now Tucker Carlson. And they regularly and have Tucker's a conservative, on. no doubt, but oh, he yeah. regularly goes against, uh, you know, whatever is the hot conservative point of view of the day. Oh, he couldn't be more <laughs> against the bombing of uh, Salmonella. And I don't believe that's the man's name. It's dismissive. Sorry, sorry we got your name wrong, General. And, and when, when if I watch, I did see CNN, I remember watching after one of the debates, and then I heard somebody else make a comment about it that I was, I was thought it was funny. You got nine people up there. You got nine analysts, and they all have the same opinion. Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> all from the same point of view. Yeah. Whereas if I watch Brett Baer, he usually has a conservative on, a liberal on, and then somebody who's um, um, uh, a Republican but hates Trump. Yeah. And I don't see that on MSNBC ever. I've never seen a guest on MSNBC, not one time, who agrees with Donald Trump on stuff and makes that argument, even though half the country does, and he's probably going to get reelected. They never have one guest on like that, whereas Fox has shows like that all day long. Yeah, somebody ought to alert Twitter to this. Fox News has way more dissent. Or diversity. Right, right, both, than CNN or MSNBC. And if I'm wrong, point out the shows, but I don't see it. I, I've not, I don't remember ever watching Rachel Maddow where she's got one of her guest panelists on there is a big Trump supporter. And a really smart one and articulate, and they have, although, you know, she's she's better than some, but um, <laughs> Lawrence O'Donnell sure isn't. But then Sean Hannity isn't either. But, yeah, the, the, the channel ought to get more credit than it gets. But I don't know. These are... Polarized time. You're either uh, polarized times. You're either with me or against me. So Facebook, leading up to the 2020 election, has outlawed deep fakes. Oh man, positive Sean just showed me a new deep fake. We're there, folks. We are there. Reality and created reality. It's impossible to tell the difference. Was it the Home Stallone deep fake that I saw over Christmas break? Nope. Have what? you seen Home Stallone? Home Alone, but with Sly Stallone. <laughs> Just really? Sylvester Stallone, yeah. yeah, just his tiny, just his face on tiny Macaulay Culkin's yes, body, and it is Sylvester Stallone's face, that's, and it looks that's disturbing, completely flawless. That's disturbing. It, Stallone. Stallone and his voice. What, home alone or Stallone home alone? Stallone. Home Stallone alone. alone. Maybe it's Stallone alone. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, it's it's the one we are just looking at is. It's flawless. It's seamless. Yeah, it's a, an impressionist going through a series of impressions with the face changing as his voice changes, and it's unbelievable. There's a little home Stallone for you. We're about to run it up on the screen. Oh, <laughs> oh Lord. Oh, no, that's his, wrong. And then it's his voice, too, so right? <laughs> pretty funny. But um, Can we do the audio? <laughs>
Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll cue that up for you. Uh, but so, be, be, it is a serious problem, and I don't know how we're going to handle it. Uh, well, I'll just read this because it's pretty well written and it's pretty good. Facebook has announced a new policy change that will see their site ban deep fake content from its platform in the run-up to the 2020 presidential election in November. A deep fake is the colloquial term for synthetic media or media that has been created artificially using deep learning techniques. Historically, deep fakes got their start by being used to create pornographic videos featuring people that never took part in the video in the first place. Of course, that can be said of everything on the Internet. It started with porn. (laughs) Jeez, no kidding. Uh, such as famous actors, but I'd seen those, and they were like, I'd seen them because people saw. Look how hilarious this is! Yeah, you know Jennifer Lawrence's head on a body, but it's like a, a, a different race, and the head's the wrong size, <laughs> and face in the wrong direction. I mean, it wasn't believable at all. It's improved so much since then. Maybe I'm turned on by giant-headed women. The technology is increasingly becoming embraced to spread political propaganda and misinformation. God, think how much they do this in China and Russia already. Oh. If the AI or deep learning techniques behind a deepfake video are advanced enough, the synthetic media can make it look like someone, such as the President of the United States or one of his opponents, is doing or saying something that they in reality never said or did. Because of the very nature of the content, deepfakes have the potential to easily go viral online. That's why Facebook has announced a ban on them on their platform ahead of the 2020 election. In a blog post today, Facebook says that it will be removing media if it meets two criteria. The reason I want to mention this is because they are going to allow shallow fakes. Which, What's that? Well, you're about to find out. And okay. It becomes a problem. <clears throat> Deep fakes will be uh, uh, removed if they meet the two criteria. The video has been artificially generated or edited to, to make it look like a person said something that they, in fact, have not said. Okay. Uh, and I guess you have to meet both of these. The video replaces or adds content? Must be either. Uh, video replaces or adds content that makes it look authentic by using AI or machine learning means. Okay, I get that. But Facebook says its new deepfake policy does not apply to parody or satirical content, leaving room for users to argue their deepfakes should remain on the platform. That's that's a tough one to call right there. It, it really, really is. Yeah. And the new policy also does not ban the posting of so-called shallow fakes. That is authentic video that has simply been edited to rearrange the order of words or omit them re- entirely. Uh-oh. Well, then that's the same thing. If you change the video to omit um, a phrase and it changes the meaning completely. Somebody did that with a Biden thing last week. It went viral for like a day before it got straightened out. I it was, do want to murder positive Sean. I said what? I do not want to, but you know, not. We cut that out. And the, the Biden thing, and I don't remember what it was last week, but it was it was a video going around of him or audio tape, and it was him stating the opposite of what he actually said. Oh well, boy, how is that <laughs> not as damaging or the same flipping thing as the deep fake? Yeah, no. But they as, are going to allow that. As usual, Mark Berserkerberg and his his uh, minions have decided to go ahead and edit the internet and have done a miserable job. You know, in their defense, so and all I come you've to, done is edit the order of the words or admitted them or entirely to change the meaning that's okay but at least you didn't use ai to make it look like sly stallone's face (laughs) (laughs) what yeah i tell you what we're into weird weird times as you pointed out before it's uh, the problem is twofold number one you have a video saying i joe getty i'm running for congress and i'm in favor of uh bringing back slavery okay i never said that and never would 
but there's the video, and it's my face and my voice. You said it. at some town hall, I'm not in favor of bringing back slavery. Right. And they took out the nod. And well, the crowd well, cheers. Well, yeah, that's, exactly. the, that's the shallow fake. In the deep fake, I've never said anything about slavery at all. And they have me saying it. The other one is, as you've pointed out before, there I am. Uh, I'm, I'm giving a speech. It's a fundraiser for the, uh, the, the Republican Party of the Simpsons, which is my favorite uh, representation of the Republican parties. It's Mr. Burns. It's Count Dracula. It's the rootin' tootin' Texas guy. And Bob Dole. Bob Dole and, and Homer. So anyway, but there I am at their fundraiser saying, uh, you know what I, I think would really help this country is if we re-enslaved people of color. And that would get leaked out. You know, in this scenario, I'm not going to say I said it. That's probably a bad thing to say on the air. But somebody said that. The video leaks out, and they say, oh, no, that's a deep fake. That's one of those insidious deep fakes. So you have completely, like, ironclad accusability, but but unfairly, inaccurately. And you have complete ironclad deniability, dishonestly, as well. Oh, that's a good place for us to be. Yikes! How do you hold a trial where you say, all right, now look at the security video. You see the bank robber walking in. He looks at the camera. There's his face. There he is sitting there at the defendant's table. Uh, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, what is your vote? How are you going to do that? They're sitting there thinking it's probably some sort of deep fake because they didn't like this guy. And that'll be the defense, too. Police chief doesn't like him because their kids are on different Little League teams. He's framed. So can we roll a little audio of Stallone alone? Is that possible, or we'll have to do that when we come back? And we can do that now. <laughs> well, that's just the vehicle. You cleverly selected a part without dialogue. But you got to admit, it's pretty funny. It's Sylvester Stallone's, it, it's uh. Sylvester Stallone's face on little Macaulay Culkin. Oh, boy. And they like de- they use the the Irishman de aging stuff too. It seems like it's a it's a looks like a young Stallone. Yeah, it's almost. weird, yeah, and, little eight year old Sly Stallone. How and, disturbing! And you know nobody's attempting to prove. Look at that, even from the side. Nobody's attempting to prove that St- Sylvester Stallone was a child actor in a, this movie or something. <laughs> but it just shows you what they can do. Yeah, I, I really think the we will allow shallow fakes things makes the their the rule or or satire. Okay, well, all right. Yeah, that's not going to work. No, that's going <laughs> to accomplish like nothing. The whole unintentionally hilarious effort to ban naked breasts. And then they ran into the whole breastfeeding thing, and it just right. turned into a comedy routine. <laughs> All right. we got. Oh, AOC says, in any other country, I wouldn't be in Biden's party. Maybe we'll talk about that. Maybe we won't. I don't know. On the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So here's the sort of random text we get now and then. Children born feet first briefly wear their mother as a hat, but no one is ready to talk about that. (laughs) What? (laughs) Oh, boy. That's... Hmm. Don't bring up the birthing process unless it's appropriate. All right. What's the matter with you people? Don't text again. 
So uh, perhaps you've heard we disintegrated an Iranian general and the mainstream media and politicians pretended it was patently stupid and clearly a bad move, and it was neither. I mean, you can certainly have a, a differing opinion on uh, how advisable it was, but it was absolutely not the way CNN and Nancy Pelosi and others have been portraying it. Um, and uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo uh, gave a little statement and held a news conference this morning where he explained it all to you. Um, why don't we do uh, a clip number 25 in which he talks about uh, General Soleimani, Soleimani and what he was up to. Uh, his first statement that is Soleimani was traveling to Baghdad on a diplomatic mission. Anybody here believe that? Is there any history that would indicate that it was remotely possible that this kind gentleman, this diplomat of great order, Qasem Soleimani, had traveled to Baghdad for the idea of conducting a peace mission? I, I, I made you reporters laugh this morning. That's fantastic. Uh, we know that wasn't true. We not only know the history, uh, we know in that moment that was not true. Zarif is a propagandist of the First Order, uh, and most of what you suggested in his uh, text message or email or message that you laid out there uh, was indeed uh, Iranian propaganda. It's not new. We've heard these same lies before. Uh, it's fundamentally false. He was not there on a diplomatic vision trying to resolve a problem. I know there's been some story that he was there uh, representing a Saudi peace deal. I've spoken to my Saudi counterparts at great length. I'll leave to them what the contents of their messages may be, but I can assure you uh, that they will share my view that he was not there representing uh, some kind of agreement that was going to reduce risk or reduce the risk to the lives of Americans when he was on that trip. He also made it clear that the oft-quoted story from the New York Times that claimed uh, the Pentagon officials had come to the president with a number of plans, one of which they know, knew was ridiculous and illegal, but they threw it in there to make the other stuff look good. And, of course, the ridiculous legal one was killing Soleimani. Uh, uh, Pompeo made it clear that, that is absolutely ridiculous. That's not the way it works. They would never do that. And every single option presented was thoroughly vetted for its legality, et cetera, by the department. And he, and not only did we meet with the military people, we met with the diplomats and everybody else. Um, so anyway, th- that's your counter to the mainstream uh, portrayal. Dale wrote us uh, an email and sent us a link, which I appreciate. Um, and it's funny, he characterizes this as, did someone hack Reuters and send out some real journalists? <laughs> that's See, that's unkind. The good folks at Reuters are working as hard as they can, sir. Um, but the headline is, Inside the Plot by Iran Soleimani to Attack U.S. Forces in Iraq. And it starts in mid-October with the general meeting with his Iraqi Shiite militia allies at a villa on the banks of the Tigris, looking across the river at the U.S. embassy complex in Baghdad. The Revolutionary Guards commander instructed his top ally in Iraq, Abu Mahdi al-Muhandis, and other powerful militia leaders to step up attacks on U.S. targets in the country by using sophisticated new weapons provided by Iran. Two militia commanders and two security sources briefed on the gathering told Reuters. The strategy session, which has not been previously reported, came as mass protests against Iran's growing influence in Iraq were gaining momentum, putting the Islamic Republic in an unwelcome spotlight. Soleimani's plans to attack U.S. forces aimed to provoke a military response that would redirect that rising anger toward the United States and away from Iran, according to the sources briefed on the gathering. Iraqi Shiite politicians as well and government officials close to the prime minister. So, and, and listen, there's more to this, and we can post it at armstrongandgetty.com. I'll send you the link, Hanson, because it's really, really good, and it's great reporting. Um, 
but the idea that this this guy we could have killed him years ago or months ago or years from now there's nothing going on this is this is a distraction from impeachment whatever that's willful ignorance this guy was on the battlefield marshalling his forces to attack our guys and we snuffed him by the way and i've been meaning to get this on i thought this was important you see, the, the, the media, especially the anti-Trump, anti-this-strike media is making a big deal. The protesters now, everybody hates us, and they've united all the Uranians against us. And they have voted us out of Iraq. Here's a, here's a journalist from Iran. Apparently, he's a big deal. I don't have any way to confirm that. But journalists who said, for many Iranians, old Salamander was a warmonger who caused massive casualties in Syria. He was no hero to average Iranians who chanted against the country's support for Hezbollah and Hamas, which he was behind. Unfortunately, Western media misses the point by glorifying him. He was the common enemy for people in Iran, Lebanon, Iraq, and Syria. His involvement in crackdowns against university students in the late 90s was another black mark against him. People still hate him for that. People in Iran, except for a small fraction who are part of the regime, are happy that he was killed. Well, his guys mowed down hundreds of people in the streets a few weeks ago. Right. Protesters against the government. basic human rights. Mowed them down with machine guns. Uh, so, so the idea that all Iranians are upset that he was killed is, right. is, it doesn't even make sense. Well, and how many times did you hear the Iraqi parliament voted to order us out? Well, a, a, a portion of the Iraqi parliament voted in a non-binding re- resolution. It was as if they declared it National Blueberry Day. They had a resolution that said all foreign troops ought to leave. It's unenforceable. They knew it. It was a gesture. A lot of lawmakers abstained. It means nothing. Would you like a mask that looks like your favorite pet? Oh, and how. Stay tuned. The Armstrong and Getty Show. SUVs are getting bigger. By a lot. Did you know that? Uh, Not bigger than yours. Yours is like a rolling house. Well, if you bought the new version of mine, it would be significantly bigger than really? the one I've got. Yes. Wow. More on that in just a second. It kind of fits in with this story, which um, came across this on the Twitter. God, Twitter is one of the great ways to spread information in the history of information. For good or ill. It's also one of the worst things that's ever happened to humanity. Oh, yes. Um but some guy named Penguin Knees was following up on this story and did a Penguin long form on it. Knees. Do you even remember? I barely do. Obama's Cash for Clunkers program. Yeah. It was oh, yeah. part of the whole bailout era thing where we bailed out homeowners and car makers and a bunch of different stuff to try to get the economy going after the great crash and one of the more wasteful and idiotic government programs ever yeah i'll just read a little bit for this it's long and it's it was interesting the details are amazing okay kids let's talk about a program that was created and run by the government that had a questionable and that's being generous effect on the country that program was called the car allowance rebate system but people called it cash for clunkers and he says, get comfy, it's a long story. I'm not going to give you the long story. Just a couple of details. The cost of the program... Oh, Uncle Jack, give us the long story. <laughs> we cost, want the long story! The cost of the program, which lasted less than 60 days, was $3 billion. Hmm. The initial outline was for the program to last five months and be a billion dollars. So, I'm sorry, five months for a billion, it turned out to be... Three billion, and they only did it for sixty days because it so damaged the free market right. and the used car market, and they couldn't sell new cars. And it was just car makers, uh, car dealerships, and car makers hated it. And people with half to three quarter wits immediately figured out how to scam it. 
Um, just to keep, just for you to keep in mind that the government doesn't always know what they're doing. Why did I feel the need to tweet this story? Well, in my mind, it's a stellar example how the government can blank up anything and everything. So please don't go on about how you think Medicare for all is going to be such a great program or how it'll improve healthcare. But he got into the, the nitty gritty of how it affected used car prices and completely upended that market for years before mm-hmm. it settled back into sort of national, uh, a natural rhythm because of supply and demand and everything like that. And it didn't do any of the things it was intended to do. Right. Right. Um, it got lots and lots of people into big, long new car loans and right. jacked up the used car program. And, and the people it screwed the hardest were poor people. It Man. absolutely screwed hard-working, lower middle-class people. When you start messing with the, the market, you, you get into trouble fast. And I don't know how much this ties in or not, but... This happens every time the big automakers are struggling for whatever reason. Um, the media, once again, back to how stupid the corporate media is, because they all live in apartments in New York, and many of them have never driven a car, certainly don't owe one, always say the same thing. They're still making giant SUVs instead of, you know, little gas sippers, which is what people want. That's not what people want. People, It's been proven over and over again. People want giant vehicles. I had it's my just, Toyota Yaris modified, so it was smaller. That's just what people want. That's what they buy. That's what keeps the car, the big uh, American car makers afloat. That's what makes them money. And uh, the, But anyway, they're getting bigger. I didn't realize this. So... I um uh, get to Wichita Airport with my with my kids. I thought I'm going to call an Uber. I'm not going to be able to fit my kids in this bag in an Uber. What's the next class up on the Uber? So it was the Uber XL or whatever. Guy shows up in an F-150, exactly like mine. Same color, same package, everything. XLT. Mm-hmm. It looks nice. just like my truck. Uh, it was a couple of years newer, though. It was a 2019. I drive a 2014 or 15. We get inside it, and it was noticeably larger in the inside. Than yours? The exact same interior and everything like that, but it was n- not not like I got out of tape measure. This was an inch wider. No, it was noticeably bigger. Huh. The kids were way further back from me. The dashboard was way further up, and I wow. thought, well, that's weird. I said, dude, your truck is way bigger than mine. And uh, I didn't think much about it. I get to the hotel. USA Today has an article that day about how SUVs have gotten so much bigger over recent years. One of the Chevy... And pickups, the, clearly. The Chevy Tahoe is going to grow seven inches in a two-year period. Like a nine-year-old boy. Seven inches longer, which, because of the way math and ge- ge- geometry works, increases the interior, the cabin space, by 30%. Hmm. Makes it 30% bigger. Which is bigger. that You would notice that if you got in your car and it was 30% bigger oh, on yeah. the inside. Yeah. But that's what people want. The reason they're doing this is because that's what people want. People want giant interiors, giant vehicles, for all kinds of different reasons. Storage, legroom, we're all fatter, um, uh, feeling safer, whatever it is, that's what people want. I know the the, the media hates that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the governor of California hates that. Lots of politicians hate that as they, you know, take away uh, parking spots, make the parking spots smaller and smaller, take take away the, this lane and make it a bike lane. They try to, but we Ugh. want, what people want is big, giant vehicles that get, you know, less gas mileage than that Prius does. It's mm-hmm. just a fact. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much you want to screw with the market to force people into either bikes or more, um, you know, tiny little cars. But that's not what people want. The automakers aren't making these bigger for the hell of it. Greta Thunberg got any uh, comment on this, Michael? I don't. What are we paying you for in there? What are you doing? What are you doing? 
You're supposed to be paying attention. And I see a screw it. What are you? On Zappos.com again? I uh, know. I'm looking at behind shoes? the scenes stuff that's very important. Oh, okay. To- I'm sorry. I shouldn't have yelled. My mistake. I a, apologize. A Toyota Highlander is almost 15 inches longer than it was in 2001. Oh, stop it. A Chevrolet Tahoe. They're is, giant. Look at what that would be 190. So it looks like it's about. 15 inches longer than it was in 1999, the Chevrolet Tahoe? How dare you? That's how much these SUVs have grown (laughs) in the 2000s. Yeah, They've added a foot, a foot and a half to these things. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I believe that we're not far away from battery technology that will propel a giant SUV, an electric giant SUV, for hundreds of miles. I mean, we're already at the, you know, three, four hundred for a Tesla of various models and that sort of thing. And, and a couple hundred for an electric SUV I was looking at the other day. Um, and it's going to render, render the whole, how dare you debate just completely irrelevant. And just go Except away. to the extent that you have to generate electricity somehow. And, and, and solar panels and windmills ain't going to do it. Uh, go nuke now. I but, got a windmill in the back of my truck and I just sit there. I just, I just That's a perpetual there. motion machine. I just said it never provides enough energy for me oh, to go anywhere. Oh. I just sit in the parking lot. Truck and mounted it is. Wind, windmill. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's that, this story. And I came across yeah. this on Ian Bremmer. Uh, I thought it fit in with a number of things we've talked about over the years. We're talking to Ian later in the week about his uh, uh, top risks of 2020, right? What is his top risk? I started, I started reading it last night. It's pretty detailed. Super interesting. Actually, his top risk it's is... Too many streaming services. <laughs> yeah. Being oversubscribed. Bears! <laughs> and being in the... St- right. Having no money for food because you have so many streaming services. Now, his number one risk <laughs> is actually uh, divided, angry, nonsensical, uh, nonsensible uh, domestic politics in the United States. That as the unquestionable world leader in everything from economics to world security, um, we need to be a little less crazy. (sighs) That ain't going to happen soon. Everybody predicts 2020 in the presidential election to make, you know, like last year, which was as hellish as anything outside of like the Civil War era, um, to make it look like nothing. Everybody predicts that. 2020 is going to make 2019 seem like 1962. That's what they say. Yeah, Yeah, well. I'm glad I I gave up drinking just for one month. (laughs) I think you see it with the whole Iran thing, the way everybody went to their normal corners on on that strike. Um, I think if we had to go to war now, you'd have... You'd have half the country absolutely, you know, wanting to impeach the president over the end idea of it, and half mm-hmm. the country backing it, regardless of whether it was a good idea. Right. Well, that is just the case. completely. Go on, go on Twitter right now, and you will see that what we have been telling you for the last couple of days, which is the vote by the Iraqi par- parliament was merely a gesture. Our troops are not leaving. It was really kind of silly. Um, although they're they're pissed off because they have multiple foreign occupiers running their country, including Iran. Um, so, you know, I get that. Um, but the idea that uh, Soleimani was a, 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 an honored man, well, he was an honored man who, by people who were uh, in agreement with him that there ought to be a Shiite superpower ruling the Middle East, and whoever had to, they had to kill and blow up and torture and throw off buildings or whatever to get there was justified. Yeah, those people honored him. But, yeah, the immediate, the immediate turn of the media was toward... 
Uh, this is a mistake, and it's a terrible mistake. It's we'll to tell distract you why. from impeachment. Which is an idiotic notion. So, uh, just getting back to the Reuters article, just for a second, because it's so interesting. Um, in October, around the first of last October, Soleimani ordered Iranian Revolutionary Guards to move more sophisticated weapons, such as Katyusha rockets <clears throat> and shoulder-fired missiles that could bring down helicopters to Iraq through two border crossings, according to militia commanders and Iraqi security sources. Now, Soleimani was not moving rockets and shoulder-fired missiles that bring down helicopters to vex the Belgians or the Russians or the Chinese. That was to shoot down our guys. And at that meeting, Soleimani told the assembled commanders to form a new militia group of low-profile paramilitaries who would be armed with these rockets and that sort of thing because American intelligence wasn't up on them, didn't know who they were and where they were and that sort of thing. I want you to start a new subcommittee that's going to use these weapons. He ordered them. Uh, he told the the group such a group would be difficult to detect by the Americans. And um, and one more thing. Um, oh, uh, U.S. intelligence community had reason to believe Soleimani was involved in late-stage planning to strike Americans in multiple countries, including Iraq, Syria, and Lebanon. And it was absolutely clear that Iran was feeling the heat because the Iraqis were pissed off at Iran essentially invading Iraq and trying to steal their sovereignty from them. And the Iranians were desperate to change the focus to the evil Americans. And so they're trying to provoke an attack by attacking our embassy, which worked. Oh, that reminds me of the, the uh, Ian Bremmer tweet, which I never got to. Ah, sorry, um, yeah. When as many Chinese embassies as U.S. embassies are attacked around the world, that's a sign China has truly achieved superpower status. Mm, interesting that's, that's true, because yeah. so far it's still us. That embassy in Iraq, biggest embassy in the world, is 100 acres. Wow. That's all. That's that's not an embassy. That's a town. A hundred acres. That's a BFE. I was picturing like a building, like that's the one blank, we're in right now. Big you know? blanket embassy. Yeah. Anyway, more on the way. Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Among the many robots here, Charmin is in the toilet paper brand, has a concept robot that will roll around your home, bringing you toilet paper in case you're trapped on the john. Evie Chai is with the Charmin Project. If there were Uber for toilet paper, this would be it. Right now, though, it's only a concept, but Charmin says they think some kind of robot that brings you toilet paper would come in handy. It could even be connected to a voice, so say Alexa or Google. Uh, and then you just say, hey, I need toilet paper. But since it's not on the market for now, you're going to have to get toilet paper yourself. Well, that's Essie. <laughs> um, so, and if it costs more than 20 bucks, it just no, doesn't this, seem like a good expenditure for money. This is an effort to and, get the name Charmin on the news. And it's only $75,000. You've got, listen, you're going to need a 12,000 square foot house if you've got a robot for every individual task you can imagine. 
And I'm also fascinated with people who don't come up with their own ideas, but they recognize other ones, and they'd be like, "Oh no, no, no! This is the Uber of toilet paper." <laughs> right, yeah. Like they just transmission, they just transfer the, that idea yes. onto their stuff. Uh, you will need a lot of robots if if something that happens to you three times a year is worth buying a robot. To <laughs> You're their... sitting there and you realize there isn't any anymore. Come on, I, I need a robot to bring me a, a tissue to blow my nose twenty times more often. Then I, I'm stranded songs TP. I would like a robot to find my phone when I set it down somewhere. Of course, I'm, 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 I'm a stickler for uh, toilet paper etiquette. In fact, I'm more of a stickler than my wife, which I think is odd because women are famously sticklers for, you know, making sure you don't leave people with none. Just if, if, if it's down to the scraps, you best be replacing it. And if there's not a replacement, you got to go to the garage and restock. Two scraps left is not a roll of toilet paper. Just one ply? Do the right thing. It sounds like your, uh, your kid with the, the gas tank Christmas gift that he gave you. <laughs> Just enough to turn the car on. Oh, man, yeah. So yeah. Oh, I get up for work Monday morning. My son had left me with a teaspoon of gas. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, boy. <laughs> so the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, which I'd love to attend. Did you go to that one year, Michael? No, uh, I did. Michael did, yeah. yeah Michael did. Yeah. It was great. I'll bet it was pretty cool. Did you have to get special tickets or anything, or can anybody yeah. show up? Uh, That's yeah. when you bought that Bring Me More Toothpaste robot. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, they have all sorts of stuff that's just senseless, you know? I mean, just just it's cool they can do it, but... You don't need is it, it is it cool to go to, or is it like so crowded you can't move around? It's or? so crowded you can't move around, okay. basically. Um, but have you heard anything leak out that's exciting for the year? I just saw a headline, the 10 coolest gadgets we've already seen at the show, but I didn't read it. Mm. So I know uh, evidently somebody gets an early look, maybe the big tech magazines and websites and stuff like that. What's a, what's a magazine, Uncle Joe? Whoop. It's a website they print on paper, Johnny. For some reason. Yeah, it started... Uh, you use that paper in case your toilet paper robot is in the right. fritz. I believe it started yesterday. It's going on for a couple more days this week. And yeah, right. so I'll, I'll try to pay attention, see what the see what quirky stuff is popping around. Yeah, or let's get our, our good buddy Jeffrey Fowler, one of those uh, tech reporters. Oh, Not, love it. Yeah, yeah, to, to talk about it. I mean, because... Uh, you generally get a glimpse of the doodads you'll be buying. Like, down do you the road. have your do you have your TV? Because I got the new TV. I, I went from dumb TV to mm-hmm. smart TV, mm. um, and I can hook it up to Siri. Do you do that? I just I feel like no. there's limits to where I want to go with. Okay, so now I'm just I'm not even willing to pick up the little remote and press a button. I got to tell Siri to go to Netflix. I just I I I don't know. I'm I'm resisting too much. <laughs> Ease and comfort. Yeah, my TV has its own system. You don't have to go through a third party, but I don't. I don't use that. As I've tried it once, it didn't exactly work. I'll just press the buttons. I'll just God, do I search. Just, I, don't I just don't know how how much comfort do I need. You got to get the smart home jack where your garage door opens as you roll down your street. You don't have to press that button. Ow, my thumb! I've got carpal tunnel from opening the garage door. Thank God for you, Siri. We've now entered Final Thoughts with your host, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Oh my God, what happened in here? That's what your toilet paper robot would say to you. (laughs) Oh oh my. Light A match. (laughs) Oh oh, oh, boy. How do you uh, disable the voice function on this? Here's here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, how about Michelangelo pressing the buttons in the control room? Michael, your final thought? Well, Sean kind of stole mine. I was going to say something similar to light a match. All right. Sorry about that. Wow, I'm sorry. Two childish idiots on hand. That's in case, you know, one gets tired. This is like a super fun site. Oh, 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 boy. 
positive, Sean, do you have a final thought you'd like to share? Yes, I've already seen the movie. Stupid uh, and disgusting. I've already seen the movie Knives Out twice in the theater. I have oh. made plans to see it for a third time what? this weekend. I'm trying to introduce as many people as I can to it. It is by far my favorite movie of last year. Check it out if you are, are looking for something to see. Fabulous. Jack, a final thought to share with the folks? I hope you heard this story I told about uh, being at the ER in a, in a big city with the homeless people and everything like that. Or check the podcast for that. Somebody just sent us a picture. They're at a Starbucks somewhere. And a couple of people passed out. Obviously, you know, just drunks passed out in the Starbucks. How and you long... can't tell them to get the hell out now. Why? Uh, how long are we going to do this, people? Big headline. Maybe you heard about it. It appears B.B. Netanyahu, in an apparent stumble referred to Israel as a nuclear power, um, meaning nuclear weapons power. Then he quickly said, I meant a nuclear energy power. Uh, 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 BB, it's a lot like when a lot of people come out and say, you know, I'm gay. The reaction was, yeah, we know. We know. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. You got a nuke. So many people who thank so little time go to armstrongandgetty.com. If we said an article was just fascinating and you needed to read it, We'll link it under hot links, right, uh, Hanson? Yep. Hot links at armstrongandgetty.com. You can email us mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. The podcasts are all available there, too. See you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not. Uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? A lot of times people told me you can't make a job from breaking. It's impossible. Go to school, get a job, you know, pay your bills on time. Armstrong and Getty.